was a wonderful time of worship, wasn't it? A lot of great music there. You know, one of the songs we did is, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of become one of my favorites. It's that song, Good, Good Father. I, you know, I laugh kind of when I actually say it's one of my favorites. How, how many of you have had favorites that aren't your favorites anymore? I mean, you know, we, they go through cycles, right? You hear a song, oh, that's the best song in the world. And three months later, you're done hearing it. But I, I, this one, I, I, I don't know that saying it's my favorite really explains what I, I it does something for my soul. I, I, don't, I don't know if it does that for you. When I, when I hear that song, I want to be better. I want, I want to love them better. I want, I want to serve them better. I want to, I want to know them better. When, when I hear that song, I want, to, I want to be in God's presence and not because of what I feel like he needs to hear from me or, or, or what I need or, or want. I just want to be there for him, with him, you know? And, and I think maybe there's something that song, regardless of the, the melody or the words, or, there's something happening in the song that I think it kind of plucks at my soul. Because I believe my soul, I believe your soul, it was created to relate with God. Think of this. The Almighty, the Most Holy, the Great I Am, the God for whom Scripture says it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That God. We were created, our soul was designed so that we could know Him and relate with Him as our Father. You know, that's what, that's what Jesus wanted for you and me. That's what he came for, so that, that we could do that, so that we could know him in that way. Do you remember when the disciples asked Jesus, you know, would you, hey, would you teach us to pray? And he said, yeah, well, yeah, that'd be awesome. Here's how to pray. And what did he give them? The, the Lord's Prayer, right? Y'all remember that? As a matter of fact, instead of just remembering it, why don't we just bring our heart and soul mind completely there and let, let's just pray it, shall we? Let, let's bow our heads, but let's recite out loud together the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Man, that is, talk about small, but packs a punch. (laughs) That is such a small, simple prayer. And yet, I believe it's actually intended to be a very long and complex prayer. Many of you have heard me say before, I, I believe each line is a cue of where to go next. Each line says, no, don't just say the line, but say this line and then pray about that for the next minute, three minutes, 20 minutes. So when, when you understand the prayer like that, there's a, there's a lot to unwrap, understand what, a, what am I praying for? How, how does that expand as I think about that line? But, but having said all that, folks, I actually wonder if the disciples... that, that very Can you imagine the first time that prayer was said by like the Lord? I wonder if they ever got past the first two words. Our Father. That was scandalous. As a matter of fact, he was, would be charged with blasphemy for those words. Do you understand why Jesus was put on the cross? It was for that idea right there. Now obviously a big part of that was how he uniquely communicated that he was the very Son of God... 
But folks, it's beyond him being the son of God. He also brought to bring a message and work that would enable all of us to become a child of God. That's why they put him on the cross. Now, I would imagine because of things like the Lord's Prayer, we have grown so comfortable, so accustomed. I mean, we don't even think about it. It just rolls right off the tongue. Father, talking to a God who could squash me. Father, you know, we just, we just say it without thought. And so we probably don't hear the scandal in saying that. But let me try to create just a, a little bit of the context. If you're a disciple in the room when he says that, uh, of how they would have heard that, in the entire Old Testament, now, there, there are 66 books in the Bible, 66 books, 39 of them, Old Testament, 27 of them, New Testament. The 39 books of the Old Testament cover 1,400 years. If you put them in chronological order from the the first one, Job, not first in order, that's Genesis, but Job was written first, all the way down to the last one, Malachi, that covers 1,400 years. And in those 39 books, in that 1,400 years, God was referred to as Father 10 times. Only 10 times. And those 10 times can be broken up three ways. He's called Father of Israel, Father of Creation, And he's called father of the king. Now, father of Israel and father of creation is not talking about a familial relationship, a personal relationship. Father, in that case, kind of means source. He is the source of creation. He is the source of Israel. Father of the king, it was really, it was describing the rule. There's God. He is the king. He is the the ruler of Israel. And and he maintains that rule. That rule comes through his son, the king. There was a relationship understood there. But folks, in none of those three titles would you, would I have understood that, man, I'm I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir of heaven. We would never have thought like that. And so if I'm a, a person growing up, and I, I guess what we'll refer to as Old Testament times, and, and I read my Old Testament, I, I study my Old Testament, and they would have, okay, I'm reading that, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to synagogue every Sabbath, then I am going to arrive at the age of, of 15, uh, of 21, uh, of 30, I'm going to arrive at that age Hardly, if ever, hearing God referred to as Father. Hardly, if ever, hearing Him referred to as Father. And, and even if I had, I would not have thought of Him as my Father, our, our Father. That, that's the context. I just described for you the disciples. That's the context by which Jesus says, Hey, when you pray, say this, call Him our Father. And, 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 and folks, it wasn't just in that prayer. That prayer is not the only place, place that concept, that idea is introduced. In, in the Gospel of John, in the Gospel of John, one of the books of the New Testament, God is referred to as Father in this familial, in this personal relationship way, 107 times. 10 times in 1,400 years. Ten times in 39 books in the Gospel of John, 107. You see what's happening? And of course, the rest of the New Testament goes on to add hundreds of more times that we're beginning now to understand and relate with God 
as our Father. And it's in that teaching, it's in that understanding that, that the New Testament begins to develop for us really a prayer life. I mean, Jesus said, hey, when you pray, start with the idea of who you are in relationship with this God, our Father. And, and along that lines, then Romans 8.15 comes along and, and says, hey, listen, you've not received a spirit of slavery. That's not who you are before God. You've not received a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear again, but you have received, listen to this, a spirit of adoption. This concept of being a child of God is not an illustration. It's not a a metaphor. It's actually very legal. It's actually very formal. You have received a spirit of adoption by which when you pray, by which when you cry out to God, by which when you call out to God, you can say, Abba, Abba, Father. I'm guessing a certain number of you in here have heard a sermon on Romans 8.15. You've heard this word, Abba, Father, refer to. Maybe you've read something and you know that that word can be translated what? Daddy? Have y'all heard that? In other words, I mean, Father's kind of formal, isn't it? Maybe even a little. I don't usually see my dad say, hello, Father. I mean, I can, right? He would know I was talking to him. It would, it would be, but that's a, that's a, that's a little bit, a bit formal. But you can use father, you can use dad, you can use that for a lot of people. But when you say daddy, who are you talking to? There's just one, right? That word daddy's so personal, it's so relational, and that's what's being communicated here. So you've probably heard that word Abba. What, what the scripture's saying is, hey, listen, you can call out to him, you can pray to him, daddy, father. But did you know, that the word daddy is not actually entirely accurate. That, that would probably, I would say, not be the absolute most literal way to interpret that word. And here's why. Because if you go to the original language dictionary and look up the word Abba, guess what you'll find? It's not there. Because Abba is not a word. It's the first guttural cry of a child it's that first word they're able to get out when they realize I I know him that one's that one's special to me that's my I think we would say in the English language dad dad probably the most literal way to to interpret Abba would be with the word dad dad man folks there's there's no awkwardness there's no fear. There's no distance when we're saying dada. And, and, and the child crying dada doesn't cry dada. Hey, here's all I'm here for. Here's what I need. No, here's what I bring to. No, the, the child crying dada just wants to hug his neck. The, 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 cry, the child crying dada just wants to be picked up and see life from the view, from the angle of his dada. How is that possible? How is it possible that I get to call the living God Dada? I am a sinner. I am entirely different from God. And when I say different from God, I don't mean different like he likes Mexican food and I like Italian. I don't mean different like I like football and he likes baseball. I mean different like I rebel against everything God is. I fight what God is. His character is not my character. My character resists his. My, my character moves against his character. I have fought God. Everything he is, everything he wants to do in this world. 
And from that status and that position, there is still an opportunity for me, for me to be able not just to say, okay, okay God, we're on good, t- to be able to call him dad, dad. How's that possible? Folks, it's possible because of the work of Jesus Christ for you and me on the cross. It is, it is the work of Christ and Christ alone that accomplishes for you and me a forgiveness, a, a rebirth Whereby, whereby we can call him Dada. It, it is the work of Christ that draws up the adoption papers. It is the work of Christ that signs those papers so that I can call him Dada. I, I believe what, what Jesus wants for you, for any of us in this room, right here, right now, today, whatever's going on in your life, you're here celebrating, you're here mourning, you're here after a victory, you're here suffering loss, Where, wherever you are, wherever you're walking right now, I believe the one great thing that, that Jesus would want for you is to be able to crawl into his arms and be able to say, Dada, to, to, to be able to relate with him and know him as your Dada. I think that's about the most incredible and and, and warm and comfortable and powerful idea, thought that there is. But that warm, comfortable thought needs to evolve out of a song and into life. Understanding that he is my good, good father needs to be a way that I not only approach him, but that I approach his word. There's some difficult things in here, isn't there? There's some things that are very challenging. And, 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 and folks, a lot of times when we're challenged by God's word, don't like God's word, disobey God's word, do you know why? One reason. We're doubting his goodness. We're assuming in that verse, in that place, I think I know better what's good for me. I I don't know that God has a real bead on what is good for me when he says that. We're doubting his good. I, I, I doubt his goodness when he says to me, listen, Randy, you have got to forgive others their trespasses or your father in heaven is not going to forgive your trespasses. Or, or, or what about when he says, hey, hey listen, in everything, not, not just Thanksgiving, not, not just before a meal, not just when we're sitting in church, but in everything, in every day, in every situation, give thanks. Okay, God, I got it. Yeah, absolutely. There's some places, there's some things, there's some situations to do that, but not everything. Giving, I mean, forgiving and, and, and uh, giving thanks Let's be honest, folks. There's a lot of places where that does not naturally flow out of our lives. There's a lot of places that's not at all what we want to do. That doesn't seem good at all. So do I look at that verse and say, that's God's goodness for me. God is being good when he tells me that. And he tells me that because of the good he has for my life. Do I work at that? How about this one? How about this one? How about when he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Bring 10% of your income into the storehouse. Give to God what is God's. Do I read that and think, that's God's goodness right there? No, we read that and think, why is God trying to take stuff from me? 
Why is God trying to reduce my, my financial capacity? Why? I mean, God, you say you got everything. Okay, well, you keep your stuff and I'll keep mine. How's that? We don't look at that. We don't read that and think, man, God, thank you. I, I, would, I would not have done that without you telling me. Thank you for being good. Thank you for giving me this good word. Thank you for, for doing that with my good in mind. Or, or how, how about when he says, hey, this is the will of God for you. Your sanctification, that you, that you really grow in holiness, that you really become like God. That is that you abstain from sexual immorality. That word there for sexual immorality is the word pornea. We get our word pornography from it. The word pornea is really, it's, it's a big word. It's, an, it's kind of an all-encompassing word. It's a word that would include any, any thought, any word, any activity by myself, with others. Anything that is an illicit sexual activity, thought, relationship outside of one man, one woman, inside the purity and the bonds of marriage. Well, Lord, that's a little out of date. God, that's a little backwards. God, if I try to live that way, I'm going to be mocked. Our culture would mock that, wouldn't it? Let me ask you a question. What's the good that the culture has done for you? What's the thing that culture has given to you that said, that is the goodness I needed in my life? That's the good thing that will forever be the good in my life. What has your temptations given you? Hey, temptations are real and they're strong and I get beat up by them pretty good. I imagine you do every now and then too. Did you come out the other end of that temptation a day later, a week later, a year later and look back? Oh boy, that temptation, that had my good in mind. That, that temptation was sure thinking about me and what would... See folks, it becomes a whole new way of reading and looking at God's word. It's his good that he says it and it's his good for me that he gives it. One more, one more, but another very challenging one. One that fits right out of this verse into the next one. Jesus said, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words. This is embarrassing every now and then. You can look really kind of ignorant, kind of backwards, kind of out of date. Jesus knew that. He, he, he knew there'd be a United States. He knew there'd be a, a 2016. And he said, hey, listen, this is hard to hear, but you got to know it. If you're, if you're going to be ashamed of me and my word, then you're going to find yourself in a position where, where I'm ashamed of you when I, come in my, when I come back in the glory of who? The Father and of his holy angels. Well, that sounds really hard, really difficult. That's not a nice word. I mean, there, surely there's, that's, that's almost discipline. And there's no... No, folks, God's being good when he says that. He's being good when he tells me this today because he knows I'm entering a world that is going to profoundly beat me down to being ashamed of what he said. He's being good when he tells me that. Let me, let me say it again. How wonderful to sing how good the Father is. But that needs to evolve out of, a, out of a song and into a way that I'm looking at God's Word. That I'm reading and understanding His. He's good when He gives me that Word. And do you understand, when I disobey any of it, when I'm tempted to ignore any of it, it's for one reason. Because I don't believe it's good. I don't believe God's good and I don't believe He has my good in mind when He says that. Gosh, whatever he said, he said from 
perfect wisdom. He said from perfect knowledge, I'll never attain to that, not even in heaven. Whatever he says, he says from eternity and, and, the, and the eternal experience. I don't, I don't have that. It's from his goodness every word comes. How right and good. It feels good. I don't know about y'all. Maybe not for everyone. It feels good for me to be here this morning and to sing with you, to praise with you together how good our Father is. But oh, that my song would evolve to obedience. That, that my life becomes the song praising what a good, good Father He is. Let's pray. Father, you are good. You're you're good in that you sent us Jesus. You're good in that you give us the Bible. You're good in that you give us the church. You're good in that you love. You're good in that you forgive. You're good in that you're perfect. You're good in that it's your character. Nothing comes forth from you that is not good and cannot produce good. There's no act on your behalf ever, whether I can see it and understand it. That's not good. You are good. God, we want to believe it. We we want to believe it when we're singing songs. We want to believe it when we're reading your words. We want to believe it when we're being pounded by temptation. We want to believe it as we go out to live in your world. Oh God, from the bottom of my heart and the top of my voice, I want my song with your people to proclaim your goodness. And I pray that my song would become a life of obedience. That every way I think and act and speak would proclaim you are a good, good Father. 